is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. Listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Managing Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Karen Grieve Young, the CEO of Futurepreneur, here on the Thrive Podcast today. Futurepreneur is a national nonprofit that has helped 12,000 plus young entrepreneurs launch businesses that contribute to sustainable economic development in their communities and for Canada. Prior to joining Futurepreneur in 2018, Karen led corporate development and partnerships at Mars Discovery District and previously worked in San Francisco, New York, London, UK, and at organizations including Bain & Company, Gap Inc., and the UK's Institute of Cancer Research. Karen serves on the board of the Ovarian Cancer Canada, and she holds an MBA from Stanford University and a BA in economics from Harvard. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks so much, Kayla. It's thrilling to be Fantastic. here. Fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're uh, really excited to, to dive into today's conversation. So to kick things off, uh, what's the one thing that you'd like women entrepreneurs to take away from our chat today? I think the most important thing is confidence. I want women entrepreneurs listening, women entrepreneurs who are in the midst of, of launching, growing, or scaling companies to know that they can do it, uh, to believe that they can succeed, and to know that there are organizations like Futurepreneur and our partners who are here to help you make it happen, whether it's uh, attending a Startup Canada event, uh, participating in a Futurepreneur event, getting our loan financing or mentorship. If you 
reach out. There are organizations that want to help women entrepreneurs succeed. So can you tell us a little bit about Futurepreneur? What is it? Um, sort of how did you begin your journey with Futurepreneur and get engaged with, with this organization? Absolutely. So Futurepreneur actually is one of the uh, longer tenured organizations in Canada's entrepreneurship ecosystem. Futurepreneur started in 1996 to help young entrepreneurs successfully launch businesses. Uh, it recognized a gap that financing and mentorship were not always readily available to young entrepreneurs in particular who needed that in order to launch their business. So Futurepreneur provides up to $60,000 in loan financing. We do that in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada. For every $20,000 an entrepreneur gets from Futurepreneur, an entrepreneur automatically gets 40 from the Business Development Bank of Canada. So we provide that up to $60,000 in loan financing. And, and this is the important part, we also provide a mentor. We provide someone who helps an entrepreneur in those vital first couple of years uh, with the coaching and guidance that they need to get going. Uh, and, you know, the question of why I'm here and why I joined um, is one that I feel very passionately about. Uh, there are so many different um, sort of brands and models of entrepreneurship in Canada. And I came from a place where there was a particular focus on science and technology driven, innovation driven uh, new business launches and entrepreneurs and trying to scale those businesses. They are more often than not based in cities and they are more often than not founded by and led by and and employ highly educated uh, people in cities across Canada. What I love about Futurepreneur is that Futurepreneur is at its heart and soul an inclusive organization. We support entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes in mm. towns of all shapes and sizes in every province and territory doing a wide array of kinds of businesses. So we really are supporting inclusive economic development by, by inclusively supporting all different kinds of entrepreneurs who want to realize their dreams, who want to launch mm. and successfully and successfully grow their new business. Fantastic. Well, Startup Canada is in complete agreement with all of those uh, sort of elements and that philosophy. I know we're very we're very resonant with each other. It's, it's true. great. It's great. I mean, and and at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same goal. You know, of of making um, uh, entrepreneurship a really viable career option, supporting entrepreneurs at every juncture, um, and making sure that everyone has access to these these opportunities uh, and sort of education exercises. So I think it's great that we we come in with a united front. That's exactly it. And I think, you know, there are many different shapes of entrepreneurs. The one thing that I didn't mention, which is uh, an important detail about Futurepreneur, is we we also define youth uh, fairly inclusively. We uh, pr uh, specifically support entrepreneurs age 18 to 39. So, and the reason that we are focused on younger entrepreneurs is because our loans are collateral free. So, younger entrepreneurs are more likely to have barriers to getting traditional debt financing, and they're less likely to have mentors in their lives who can help them out. So we help these entrepreneurs age 18 to 39 launch with exactly the kinds of financing, mentorship, and resources they need. And we work closely with partners across the country like Startup Canada. Right. And so specifically because we're on the Thrive podcast and we're, we're looking at women and entrepreneurship, what types of programs is Futurepreneur providing for the women entrepreneurial ecosystem? 
So it's it's interesting to think about the the gender of entrepreneurship in that um, there is a real challenge for there there are different barriers for different kinds of entrepreneurs and different demographics of entrepreneurs, and it's well documented that women entrepreneurs face more barriers. In the case of Futurepreneur, we are uh, we we support men and women entrepreneurs. Equally, and when I say equally, literally close to 50% of the entrepreneurs that we support are founding women-led businesses, and close to 50% are founding male-led businesses. In the most recent quarter, it was literally 50-50. Last year, it was 45% women-led. So what we find is that women are very attracted to and served by our program when they're seeking entrepreneurship. And I think I think there are a few reasons why Futurepreneur is particularly resonant um, for and attractive to women entrepreneurs. For one thing, they see themselves in us. We have a very diverse uh, team. In fact, we have the majority of our team members who are actually working in communities across Canada directly with entrepreneurs happen to be women. So we have we have a lot of very strong women leaders within our team. Um, and we are supporting a broad array of businesses, businesses that may be more likely to have women in them than, um, than science and technology, whether they're restaurants or retail or apparel. Uh, we also have some very successful women who founded construction businesses. So sometimes it's mm. women in businesses that you don't think of women founding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everything about us is inclusive and you... Uh, you see as a result that we have a very um, diverse set of entrepreneurs reaching out to us and gaining support from us. Brilliant. And so what's your favorite part about working with this community and and the variety um, of of businesses that you get to encounter on a daily basis? What's your favorite part? I think it really is. It's It's the variety of Um, businesses, it's a variety of entrepreneurs. Why? And I think it's really important that when entrepreneurs are starting off, they have to have a really good sense of their why. Their why might be that they want to keep living in their town of 5,000 people rather than moving to the larger city in their province. And so they want to, to start a business that they can do from their town and not have to move to a larger employment center. Their why might be that they want to help people like themselves. I mentioned construction. Um, one of the entrepreneurs we've, we've supported, May, in, in BC, uh, she herself was a Syrian refugee to Canada. And she not only has founded a successful construction business, but she explicitly hires uh, diverse um, uh employees who themselves have arrived in Canada from war-torn countries. Uh, We have others who have a why with a social purpose to support mental health. That would be Nathan Kong in in Montreal. So I think it's what I'm the most inspired by are all of the different whys, whether they want uh, to found a company that makes people healthier or supports different populations, or they just want to be able to wrap their business around the rest of their life in a way that works better than in their old nine to five job. Incredible. And so I'm familiar with the Rock My Business Plan program uh, with Futurepreneurs. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and at what stage entrepreneurs can join that program and at what junctures they should be looking at initiatives like that? 
Absolutely. This is a really fun program. It's mm. it's sponsored nationally by the Royal uh, Bank of Canada, by RBC. And really, they're um, workshops for people who are ready to take action to take their business idea or business concept to the next level. So the first thing that's fantastic about these is that they connect aspiring entrepreneurs with aspiring entrepreneurs. So you immediately get that connection and that feeling of network and that feeling of I'm not in it by myself. Um, they're interactive two-session series that help people learn how to uh, put together the kind of high-quality information they need to form their business plan. And ultimately, we help them work toward developing the three major pillars of their business plan, their product and service offering, what their marketing and sales approaches, and their financial planning. And so it's it, rather than being kind of a business plan in a box, for that we have a different tool. We have our online business plan writer. This is a way to help entrepreneurs really think fully about the key elements of their business plan. So it's relevant for the entrepreneurs who are ready to write their business plan and launch their business. It's really geared toward those who are way past the idea stage and at the planning to execute stage. Great. And I love that emphasis as well on the community at the very beginning that, you know, I'm not alone through this process. I have a number of resources I can access. Um, and being paired with somebody who's at a similar juncture, I think that um, symbolically is nice that, you know, you feel connected to somebody who's in your in the same boat as you are. So that's that's great to hear. Absolutely. You can feel so lonely being an entrepreneur. You can feel like there there's no one else there beside you. And whether it's your peers at a Rock My Business Camp uh, workshop or whether it's your mentor, having that community is so important. Mm, agreed. And that's a sentiment that we hear all the time on the podcast. You know, how can I tap into community? How can I leverage um, mentorship? And that can be um, horizontal as well. I think that mentorship opportunity uh, and, and collaborative opportunity that you have with people who are going through the same thing that you are has a lot of value, not just somebody who has already done uh, what, what you're setting out to accomplish. So brilliant. Exactly. Right. Um, so access to capital, you brought this up a little bit um, earlier. We see being a really main obstacle for young women entrepreneurs and an obstacle that they face. Can you walk us through uh, Futurepreneur's programs in this area um, and how you are solving um, this, this capital challenge with, with young women entrepreneurs? Absolutely. And, and again, this is a place where I think our model is particularly um, uh, comfortable for women mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and it is equally available to, to women and men entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And the, at its core, we provide loan financing. And what's important about that is you'll hear in, in uh, when you're talking about startup financing about dilutive or non-dilutive. This is non-dilutive. We provide a loan. An entrepreneur pays back that loan with interest, so a low interest rate, particularly for um, entrepreneurs who don't have to put up any collateral. So they don't have to put up equity. They don't have to mortgage a home that they might not own or be able to validate certain assets that they have based on, we do character-based lending. So based on an entrepreneur's credit and business idea, we will provide them a loan and then they will pay it back. So I think it, it, it's very clear what the steps are. You're not giving a pitch in front of people who may or may not have similar experiences to you, may or may not be familiar to you. Um, so I think in that way, it's it's more comfortable for all newer entrepreneurs. And we hold your hand along the way. So the thing, this is not a situation where 
where an entrepreneur applies and uh, a, a um, technology-driven decision is made, um, you know, in, in a day. This is a situation where an entrepreneur applies and we work with the entrepreneur to help develop their business plan and their cash flow to the very best form possible. So I think it's particularly attractive to women entrepreneurs because, frankly, they often do want to retain full ownership of what they're doing. Equity can go really quickly if you pursue that route. And they often have everything that they need together in order to qualify for this loan financing. They often can go through the process really, uh, really efficiently and effectively. And on the other side of it, they have exactly the money they need to get started. Brilliant. And so can you think off, off the top of your head what your favorite sort of success stories uh, have been out of this program? My favorite entrepreneur success stories out of the program? Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. Wow, we help about a thousand new entrepreneurs a year. It's been twelve thousand so far. Lot. So <laughs> yes. I will share a few of my favorite stories with Great. the caveat that these are a few of very, 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 very many. There are many, mm. many more. Um, mm-hmm. One uh, that I that I that I do love talking about, and it's particularly near to me because she's just joined our board, oh, uh, is Joanna Griffiths of Nix. Um, mm. So Nix and Nix Teen launched a few years ago. Um, with Futurepreneur's support in their early days. And you may have seen in the Globe and Mail this fall that they were named uh, the sixth fastest growing company in Canada. Pretty incredible. And I love everything mm-hmm. that Nix and Joanna's team stand for. Mm. It's um, a very inclusive, body positive, really encouraging women to be their best selves and live their best selves and be unapologetically free mm. while providing them with extraordinary um, lingerie product that is so functional and really meets women's needs. Joanna has just joined our board of directors, and I'm excited that she'll now be able to help us help other women take uh, their businesses to the next level. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And bringing um, that insight and in somebody who's sort of gone through the initial stages um, with your entrepreneur, partnering with them, that's a great representative to have on your board and get that perspective um, sort of baked into everything you do. So th- that's that's brilliant. Um, with uh, So we talked a little bit about the mentoring program. Um, how can we get involved uh, sort of on both sides, the mentor and mentee side of things? Absolutely. This is a this is absolutely the heart and soul of our program. And we're in the midst of refreshing it to make sure that we are meeting uh, entrepreneurs adaptive and evolving needs through their first couple of years. So on the side of being a mentee and 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 having a uh, futurepreneur um, allocated mentor, you would go through our full program. So we, um, we I think of our program as being supportive capital you get the loan with a mentor and you with the mentor comes alone they go together in our program um, so if an entrepreneur successfully goes through our program we match them with a mentor who will help them succeed those mentors and we are always looking for amazing new mentors those mentors are a network of about 3000 volunteers across the country who have that lived experience want to give back and pay it forward by helping the next generation of entrepreneurs. And we hear from them time and time again. They also really benefit because they learn from the entrepreneurs. And it, 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 like any relationship, it's very much a two-way relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. The, the, um, 
sort of symbiotic relationship of a mentor-mentee relationship. It's not just, you know, you go to the person with the most experience or, you know, who's sort of been there. Um, I think there's so much value to add on both sides of that relationship. So that's that's a great program to, to have in place. Absolutely. So I, I'm a little, I'm interested in hearing your story um, and sort of how you have navigated this path internationally. Uh, I know in our, in the initial bio, um, you have lived in San Francisco, New York, the UK. Um, what has been your career journey before Futurepreneur? Uh, I think if anything define my, defines my career, it's that serendipity can be a, quite an extraordinary job pathing uh, and career pathing mm. agent. Um, going back to the very beginning after graduating with an economics degree, I did uh, sell side mergers and acquisitions for technology. So essentially helping uh, technology companies in San Francisco, and I'm I'm in my mid 40s, so this is going back a few years uh, in the late 90s during the tech boom, before the first dot com crash, um, helping companies sell. So I uh, helping companies as you talk about exit. I did that for a couple of years, and then did corporate strategy, got my MBA, went and did strategy consulting for a couple of years. And it kept trying to figure out what my thing was and, and really realized mm. that one of the things that I was missing in a lot of the other work that I was doing in the corporate sector was purpose. And so I worked and led a non, uh, worked for and then led a nonprofit organization in the UK, uh, became very active in uh, cancer research and cancer fundraising and found my way to Toronto. I actively chose Toronto. We, our son was about to start school, and we um, we chose uh, of every place in North America we could have moved back to. My Canadian husband and I, American by uh, birth, chose Toronto uh, for reasons that become stronger every single day. Uh, we chose Canada and Toronto, and um, and I found Mars, and that was extraordinary. I loved how multifaceted and mission driven. Um, and important the work that we did at Mars was. Um, and while I was there, I, if there were the one thing that Mars didn't have enough of for me, it was that more inclusive entrepreneurship. I think because Mars really is an innovation hub at scale, it focuses on scaling innovation and it focuses on um, the kinds of science and tech driven companies that are often in, in more urban areas and and frankly are often more male. And when uh, when the opportunity to lead Futurepreneur came up and I knew Futurepreneur as a partner and was inspired by what Futurepreneur represents, I it, it felt like the juxtaposition of everything that I care about. It's enabling, empowering for inclusive economic prosperity, really helping people um, create new paths for themselves and I love how I love how diverse and inclusive we are, and I love that we're making a real difference. That we have, you know, a, a company like Johanna's Nix that has grown over three thousand percent in the last few years. Uh, you know, Skip the Dishes. Most of your listeners will have ordered from Skip the Dishes in the last few weeks. I did last night. So <laughs> Skip the Dishes got its early financing from Futurepreneur. So we really are that launch pad for a broad array of companies that some of which become household names and some of which help households feed themselves and some of which are the technology behind everything else you do and some of which are the small tourist business in the small town that helps someone not have to move to the big city. Mm. 
I love that. And what do you think has been the, the biggest challenge? You sort of spoke to that um, with the Mars Discovery District focus um, of who they were representing. But along the way, have you, as you sort of navigated these different industries, um, what's been a major career challenge that you've had to navigate? I think the the world tends to think in boxes. <laughs> so I think for those of us whose interests and passions and experience are hard to define by five or 10 year career segments or clearly prescribed, clearly defined boxes, it can be hard to explain our why and where we're going. And so again, that's why I think of serendipity. And I'm always looking out for those people who have extraordinary experience and interest and aptitude that relates to what they want to do. When I first got to Toronto, and I was just sharing this with a new Canadian the other day, um, I probably met people for about five or six months, having interesting conversations, getting to quite extraordinary uh, tables, meeting with the CEOs of all of the major hospitals in the area. Um, But I, I had trouble explaining and trouble having them understand what it was that I could bring to them because I hadn't done that prescribed few years of exactly the kind of experience that they were used to looking for. So I think it's finding the people who will make a bet and take a bet, uh, take a chance on on people with unusual experience. And for my for my own experience, it is those people with um, eclectic, um, diverse experiences who can bring the most to an organization and really think creatively about how to solve things. Um, so that would really be it. It's learning how to, to speak outside of boxes. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great. And that's a sentiment uh, that, that I think reoccurs in this podcast as well. You see all of these entrepreneurs and these incredible women who have very non-linear paths. And sometimes it can be hard to cr- construct a narrative that is digestible to somebody of saying, okay, well, what is your area of expertise? Or what have you been working towards for so many years that um, so many entrepreneurs have these um, almost Renaissance women-esque <laughs> kind of uh, uh, pathways where they're experts in multiple different things or they pursue different career avenues and that has brought them to where they are through a little bit of serendipity as well. Um, So I think there's so much value in having um, a bit more of a zigzag um, in your career because it brings such a diversity of thought, a diversity of perspective, um, and and that makes you a much more interesting person in my mind, um, but maybe more qualified and, uh, uh, you know, somebody that brings something really unique to the table within that combination of experiences. Well, absolutely. And And if I may share an anecdote, I think the Mm. thing that is so hard for everyone, and I would say especially for women, because um, I think one of the challenges that women have, and I'm going to um, I'm going to generalize here, but there's a lot of talk about how school is really geared toward girls and not toward boys, and I think Mm. that is true in some ways. It's easy for girls because they know what to do and they do a really good job of delivering it. The Mm. challenge is that that's not the way life is. And so if you're looking for the clear path and there is no guidebook, it can be challenging when the clear paths that are set out for you don't appeal to you. And what often happens, especially when women take entrepreneurship courses, is you'll have a speaker at an entrepreneurship entrepreneurship course. I had this happen multiple times at Stanford where a, a shockingly, staggeringly successful entrepreneur would say, 
I just followed my heart. I just followed my gut. I did what was the right thing for me. And it led me to where I am. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting there thinking, I have no idea what that is for me. <laughs> I don't see that. I don't have mm-hmm. the one passion, the one thing that I want to pursue. So I think sometimes you're waiting for like the lightning bolt. And what you really need to do is follow all the small signals. So along the way, Mm. I followed the small signals. And some of them at the time felt like they derailed me. I moved into cancer research because I had a mother with terminal cancer. So two Mm. years after finishing Stanford Business School, I stopped working full time to do volunteer work so that I could be available for family and started getting interested in, in, in supporting cancer causes. At the time, from a career trajectory perspective, that didn't make an ounce of sense. But it was what my gut told me to do. And it's easy today at 46 to say that was the right thing. That that, That is part of what led me to where I am. But it takes a lot of courage along the way for to follow your instinct and follow your gut and do what feels right. So that's, and I think that that's harder that can be harder for women who have people counting on them. And you don't always have the latitude to be able to do that. I was fortunate that I did. So I guess what I'd say is one of the places where I do think women can be different from men is that we're really hard on ourselves and we really expect a lot of ourselves and we can be kinder to ourselves and be more confident and more self-supporting and surround ourselves with supporting networks and, um, and, and systems in a way that can, that can help us when times are hard and help us maybe not navigate a clear path, but help us be able to make choices that will ultimately make sense, even if they mm. don't at the time. Mm. And I, I, that's a really lovely uh, sort of sentiment as well, that it, or it's something that we can look at in so many uh, entrepreneurial stories with women, um, that you you get this advice that, you know, I followed my gut, and, and that being a consistent narrative from people who are looking back 20 years, looking back two years, at whatever juncture. Um, and so building up that confidence in that gut response, maybe that's the message that we can get out of that. You're not entirely sure what <laughs> that, that future state is going to look like, but um, as women developing that that um, confidence in our intuition, uh, that that can be something that we can sort of build and with the support of strong communities, um, that if you have other women encouraging that type of thought process, then you uh, might be more able to, to have that confidence and make that leap. Um, that's, that's I, yeah, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. And it may not, and it's not easy or obvious. For all mm-hmm. I know, there was a path that I could have taken that yeah. if I'd followed my gut differently on something, that would have been my path and that would have felt right. So you also can't look back and regret. You just look forward. You make what feels like the right choice at the time, following your instinct as best you can, following your gut. And and then you make the best of the choices that you make. Mm. Completely. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I, I had a similar experience, um, sort of uh, unplugging my life a little bit at the beginning of this year. Uh, and I moved to Tanzania for a number of months and was doing capacity building with small business owners, and with entrepreneurs working in the tourism sector. And it was a very bold and kind of um, spontaneous decision in a way. But in my gut, I felt like I needed to do something very different, uh, make a real impact as exactly as, as you're saying. And that um, just the idea of being with uh, 
uh, you know, entrepreneurs in the tourism space in Tanzania sounded like something I needed to do in that moment. Uh, but looking back on it now, at the moment, it felt, uh, you know, why am I leaving a great job and a great life um, to go do something a bit you know, uh, spontaneous or something that might not be as career focused, you know, similar to your experience at volunteering because, um, it connected with, uh, you and your mom. Um, so I think those types of decisions, um, uh, sharing them, sharing their experience and then closing the loop and saying, yes, this was definitely a value add experience in my life and has made, you know, my, my thought process is more colorful. And I think completely differently now working in a different in entrepreneurial context. So, um, sort of sharing those stories and the lessons learned from them are is something that we can continue to do at Startup Canada with Futurepreneur, with different organizations, uh, and with different individuals as well. Absolutely, and, and I feel like I owe you thanks in advance because uh, I coincidentally am off to Tanzania in twelve days oh my gosh. to oh, wow. <laughs> uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro with my family, and so Good it's very possible you. that the work you did supporting tourism. Um, focused entrepreneurs will will be beneficial to my family on our upcoming wow. trip, which to me seems um, it, it's very out there trip for me, um, mm-hmm. but very much looking forward to it. So sometimes oh, actually what, the time. lesson for women leaders and women entrepreneurs is that you need to unplug too, because it can be mm. very hard to give yourselves permission to do that. Completely agree. Oh, well, have a brilliant time. You're going to, you. <laughs> you're going to be exhausted, I imagine, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kilimanjaro, what a, what an activity. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That sounds great. Uh, so as we wrap up uh, our conversation today, what do you think is the one piece of advice that you want to leave our Thrive um, podcast audience with? I know we've touched on a number of different areas, but if you could sort of crystallize one um, key piece of advice, what would that be? I think I'm, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give two. Sure, two is fine. <laughs> I think the one thing is, again, really be kind to yourself mm. and um, strive to have the confidence to see yourself as the greatest champions in your life see you. I think that's one thing. Um, the other is, as an entrepreneur, you are you have to do everything for your business and humans like doing some things more than we like doing other things. Don't let that thing you're procrastinating haunt your days. Just do that thing that you've been procrastinating doing that you know is on your critical path. And once you've done it the first time, you'll find that it's easier to do the second time and even easier to do the third time. And all of a sudden, the part of being an entrepreneur that you hated and dreaded because something that you're very natural and comfortable doing. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's fun. I used to teach um, workshops uh, on productivity. And one of the key things is, you know, just do 10, just do 10 minutes of, you know, the activity that you hate. And over time, it will become much less daunting. You'll get it out of the way or even grow to love it. So <laughs> I completely exactly. agree. Brilliant. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This was a really lovely conversation. And uh, I appreciate all of these insights that you're sharing with our Thrive audience today. Oh, well, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And your your podcasts tend to have long legs. I still hear about one I did four years ago. So oh, there you go. <laughs> hopefully this series uh, uh, really helps a lot of uh, entrepreneurs be inspired. Agreed. That's the goal. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. 
Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Matthew Curtis and plug in to the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.